It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Skylines is brought to you by 100 Resilient Cities. Pioneered by the Rockefeller Foundation, 100 Resilient Cities is dedicated to helping cities around the world become more resilient to the physical, social and economic challenges of the growing part of the 21st century. You can find out more at its website, 100resiliencecities.org. This is a Manhattan-bound B-Express train. The next stop is Grand Street. Mind the gap. Welcome to Skylands, the City Metric podcast. I'm Stephanie. And I'm John, and this week we're talking about mares. Mares. John, you've been doing some interesting research about mares. I love a mare, me. I'm big on mares. Not, not the horses, the, the, the elected municipal politicians, you know. Because you don't want to get those two mixed up. Well, we'll come to that in a You'd end up with some terrible urban policy making. <laughs> like hay bales instead of... I'm, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> this is going to a weird place already. You've been doing some research about the metropolitan mayors. OK, yes. So for those who don't live on our, our, our sceptred isle as it sinks into the sea, uh, this is a very exciting uh, year for, for English municipal government. Just English, not British, you know, because various major English cities and regions are going to elect their own mayors for the first time. This is probably the biggest shake-up in, in local government here since the 1970s. And, you know, potentially this could really revolutionise how our cities like Liverpool, Manchester and Birmingham are, are governed. It's all very exciting if you're a, a municipal government nerd, which, you know, I am. And so are these people who are listening, probably, I'm guessing. So it is super exciting because it's... It is part- exciting, isn't it? It's really exciting. <laughs> John's got a really crazed look in his eye right now. It's super exciting. It's this big step towards devolution of cities. How many of them are there going to be? Ah, right. Now, the elections are in May, so they're about four months away. So you would think we'd know how many of these guys there are going to be. We we don't know. We don't have the faintest idea. I mean, we have a... We can guess. What's the minimum? (laughs) I would be... Okay, so... The difficulty we've got is that the British government has been uh, has been very excited every time it's kind of arranged a deal with the local authorities in the areas, the combined authorities that are going to make up these new kind of mayoral regions. Every time it's closed on those deals, it's put out a press release and there's been like you know, a photo op and all that kind of stuff. But then some of those deals have, have collapsed. Like for some reason, like some of the councils involved have pulled out or... or this has been local backlash or whatever. Um, and the government doesn't tend to announce that. So there have been definitely been more announcements of deals than are actually happening. 
In fact, some, in deals in some areas have been announced several times with slightly different geographies. The result of all this is it's actually quite unclear how many of them are going to go ahead. So what you're saying is that in May we are going to elect an as yet unspecified number of exciting new mayoral posts. What I'm saying is this May we're going to get N new mayors, where N is... It'll, I'd be shocked if it's less than three. It'll probably be six or seven. It could be as high as nine, but that's incredibly unlikely. And maybe they'll surprise us. Maybe there'll be a whole bunch they haven't done yet. But, you know, the, right now, I, I don't know if people realise this, but the British government has its mind on, on a few other things over the next few months. So I'm, I'm not expecting huge numbers of deals to come out in areas that don't already have them. Are those three Manchester, Liverpool, Birmingham? Yeah, I mean, you should be careful with the language you use because, like, Man- Manchester's easy. It's Greater Manchester, but, like, you know, even in, like, Wigan, which is quite a long way out, they're probably OK with calling it Manchester. Liverpool is a bit more confusing because it's actually the Liverpool city region, which is the five boroughs that used to be Merseyside, plus uh, which one's the one from Cheshire? Horton, which is, like, Runcorn and Widnes around there. Um, so the, the reason you have to be careful there is because there actually already is a mayor of Liverpool, but now there's going to be a mayor of the Liverpool city region, and they're probably both going to be from opposite wings of the same party, so that's going to be fun to watch. But you probably shouldn't say Birmingham because it's actually the West Midlands Combined Authority, which is a very, a very sexy name. Um, but that's not just Birmingham. That's also Wolverhampton and Coventry, which are two cities about 10 miles away from Birmingham, plus various other boroughs between them. So... When whoever wins the Manchester race will probably be referred to as the mayor of Manchester and everyone will kind of be okay with that. But the person who wins the West Midlands race, if you refer to them as the mayor of Birmingham, you're going to get a lot of angry emails from Wolverhampton is what I'm saying here. That does sound kind of fun. And It's and not. I've had the angry emails. They're not, they're not as fun as you, you imagine them to be, to be honest. Are you still getting people from Yorkshire yelling at you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I do spend quite a lot of time trolling people from Yorkshire, to be fair. But... But these all sound like fairly Labour-leaning areas, is that right? Yeah, so, I mean, the Liverpool city region, it's they they almost might as well not bother holding the election. Like Steve Rotherham, the Labour candidate, is it, it, he'd have to die to not win that election. I think. In fact, even then, he might still win. Um, Manchester, our, our old friend Andy Burnham is probably going to win. I think he's got to be the favourite, but as we've we've talked about many times, if there's any politician in Britain who can lose an easily winnable election it will be Andy Burnham so the the, the Tory candidate is is the, the the only council leader in the Manchester area who's a Tory is a guy called Sean Anstey who leads uh, Trafford the borough in this quite posh bit of, of southern Manchester um he's he's only 29 years old so good for him um he I, I suppose I think he's pretty unlikely to win, but I suppose an independent candidate could come from nowhere and maybe win that one. It's you know there are surprisingly high number of independent mayors in, in previous elections. The one that's actually competitive of the, of the big three is the West Midlands one because that is a genuinely uh, that could go either way. And also, to be honest, I think the, the the two leading candidates, the Tories, have got Andy Street, who was the boss of John Lewis, so he's kind of a business-minded, reasonably centrist Tory, I think. Um, the Labour candidate is a guy called Sean Simon, who's not, he's not a household name in the way Andy Burnham is. Uh, so, and, and, you know, that, there's a lot of swing seats around there. And I think the government is going to throw everything at winning the West Midlands so that it can say, hey, look, we're, we're, we're beating Labour in the cities now. So those three are definitely going to happen. But there's a lot of others that might or might not. OK. Do we know when we'll know? 
I mean, I'm assuming we'll know when we get to May. Then we'll know. Like, we'll just say, is there an election? Oh, yes, there's an election. Um, I'll, I'll run through them very quickly. There's uh, Teesside, which is like Middlesbrough, Hartlepool and so on. They're picking candidates up there. I think everyone expects that one to go ahead. Uh, there is uh, the West of England, which is an unhelpful, unhelpfully vague name for, for Bristol and its kind of commuter belt. I was going to say, to my mind, the West of England is the bit where the island isn't there. If you if you go west, that's where there's not island. You have the southwest, but there's no middle west. I didn't do geography for very long. I don't know if that shows. You should, you should look at. A, we do excellent maps on City Metric. You should check them out sometime. I should read City Metric. Yeah, I've heard should, it's really good. Well, you, you don't. You don't. Never. We'll have this conversation afterwards. Um, but the west of England is what used to be known as. Avon, which is one of those kind of made-up counties that was sort of a metropolitan county, but I'm not sure it ever had the formal status. Um, but it's Bristol, Bath, and a couple of the sort of suburban and rural boroughs between. It lost North Somerset, which was part of Avon, because they flounced out. Uh, basically, like local Tories not wanting to be part of a, a sort of Bristol-led area that might elect a Labour mayor. But probably won't. The Tories will probably win that one. But it, 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 that that one we're kind of expecting to go ahead. But who knows? Like if one's gone, you can't guarantee that the whole thing's going to hold together. And there's also there's two more. What are the other two? Oh, Cambridge and Peterborough, Cambridgeshire and Peterborough, which is, um, you know, well that's exactly what it sounds like. That's going to be fairly safe Tory. Uh, that's kind of the one area that isn't like a city region that's definitely that's not definitely but likely to get a deal. I think there's they're, they're picking candidates now. I think Heidi Allen has come forward as the Tory candidate. I don't know who else there is. But that one will probably go ahead. And then there's the other big metropolitan areas that aren't getting deals for one reason or another. I just feel like for an international audience, I should try and sum up these places. Are you going to give us your, your kind of stereotypical guide of, to, to England's cities? I am. And if you want to tweet me to complain, I'm at Stephanie Boland. I won't read it, but you can tweet at me. Teesside... Ex-industrial Geordies. Don't call them Geordies. Oh, sorry. I'm not sorry. Why, not, why can't I call them Geordies? They're not Geordies. Geordie means Newcastle. Okay, sorry. You're not even allowed to call people from Sunderland Geordies. They're Mackhams. What? Really? Yeah. Okay, sorry. I don't know what they call them in Middlesbrough. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Ex-industrial. Yeah. Ex-industrial. It's, it's fine. It's, it's port cities. Ex-industrial, a bit depressed. West of England, organic farming. Kind of. Bristol and Bath are actually boom towns because they're kind of close enough to London. There's a lot of research universities there. That's that's kind of after London. That's the English city that's by far the richest. What I mean is either the people are b- growing organic vegetables or getting them in veg box schemes. There'll be a lot of, sort of hipsters, sort of London overspill, people who kind of moved out but didn't want to kind of leave the city lifestyle altogether. But Bristol's also quite diverse. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, relatively speaking. So, yeah, um, the, the Met, Bristol is another one where there actually already is a mayor, so there might be a power struggle. But um, Bristol elected a Labour, a Labour mayor called Marvin Rees last year, who's a, a relatively young uh, British black guy um, who I think comes from a fairly working-class background. So, yeah, Br- Brist- in, and in, like, like London, Bristol is a fairly diverse city, but Bath and the other areas around Bristol, not so much. So I think the Tories are probably going to win that one if it goes ahead. Okay, um, Cambridge and Peterborough, I have no idea how to sum up with any reference which isn't only comprehensible to an English audience. Yeah, I mean, Cambridge is university town. John Lewis, everywhere. Yeah. Um, (laughs) 
They're all going to vote Tory. They are they? all going to vote Tory. But the interesting one about the thing about that is it's not it's not just a city deal. It's kind of a county, and there were meant to be more of those. Like there was meant to be a Greater Lincolnshire deal. There was meant to be an East Anglia one, which would have been Norfolk and Suffolk. Uh, and there are other deals that didn't come through for one reason or another. Um, but clearly, at some point, the, the the Tory government was very keen on having more of these mayoral contests that could actually hope to win. The problem with that is you end up with counties who don't really want mayors because if they're Tories, they probably don't want extra layers of government because they think it's a waste of money. So that didn't really come off. Right. So the f- the form of the mayoral election already stands against the Tory vote. Yeah. Should we talk about Yorkshire? Do we have to? Yeah. Go on. OK, so Yorkshire, there was meant to be a Sheffield deal. Sheffield, another old industrial town, steel town. And that that was actually one of the first announced. In fact, I think after Manchester, it was next announced because then Deputy Prime Minister Nick Clegg was a Sheffield MP and he was very keen to get that through. And it was going to be like Sheffield and a bunch of the other cities around it, like Rotherham and Barnsley and also some of its commuter zone, which kind of spills over into the neighbouring counties of of Derbyshire and Nottinghamshire. Um, And that's just imploded, as best we can tell, partly because it's quite difficult to work out how the funding is going to work when you're taking money from different counties and like, you know, Derbyshire and Nottinghamshire were not keen on this because they would lose money. But the bigger thing, I think, is that actually there's a lot of very grumpy people in Yorkshire who don't think you should divide Yorkshire into bits and who are pushing for, like, you know, a, a big Yorkshire deal that would be Sheffield and Leeds and all the rural bits as well. Um, so they've been kicking back against this deal. They were the guys who stopped. There was never a Leeds city deal that got anywhere because basically all the people in kind of the commuter towns of, of North Yorkshire, which, which are Tory rural areas, just stymied it before it even began. So, so the Leeds city region never started really. Um, so, so the result of all this is that you know we're going to get all these new elected politicians who are you know, hopefully it's actually worked pretty well in London, despite the fact I don't think the, the caliber of our mayors has necessarily been brilliant. But considering that, it's been a pretty successful. Uh, scheme to have you know more just someone to bang the drum for the city really to, to you know encourage investment and kind of personify the city a little bit um i think it's worked pretty well um and and you know the cities west of the Pennines, like liverpool and manchester are going to get this and those to the east like leeds and sheffield aren't because some people in rural yorkshire are twats your words not mine yeah so, so- <laughs> We're going to get letters again, almost. I love getting letters. It's great. I hope we do. Yeah. I've been watching a great um, dramatisation of the John Christie murder series, and he's from Yorkshire, so that's my... Is it always raining? No, he doesn't live in Yorkshire. He leaves Yorkshire and is a serial killer. Um, anyway. <laughs> so what you're saying is that all people from Yorkshire... No. I said one person from Yorkshire in a TV series I've been watching is a serial killer. If people want to extrapolate from that, that's on their watch. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not... there's, no, there's no Lancashire Ripper, is there? No, um, no there really is. Is there? There's they don't serial... call them the Lancashire Ripper. They don't Ripper. call him the Lancashire Ripper. I just think it's the Yorkshire Ripper. It but... is the Yorkshire Ripper. What would they call him in Lancashire? Badden. He's a Badden. <laughs> um, this has gone to a weird place. Yeah. I've been researching mares myself. Oh, yeah? What, what what exciting things have you found out about mares? I've been researching weird mares. In fact, I googled weird mares. <laughs> and it turns out there are mares who are sillier than Andy Burnham, which isn't what I was expecting to find. 
Andy Burnham isn't silly exactly. Or like you need context. I'm not going to talk about Andy Burnham. Let's again. not talk okay, about Andy okay. Burnham. If you want to hear our thoughts on Andy Burnham, I think we did do a mini podcast about Mr. Burnham. Also, he is probably going to be mayor of Manchester, so we're going to be able to mock him every week. So oh, it's going to be so good. Apart from the fact he's going to be mayor of Manchester, which is going to be difficult to handle. Anyway, do you want to hear about some weird mayors? Tell me some weird mayors. So there was a mayor of Fort Wayne who was actually fairly unexceptional. He didn't have any weird policies. He wasn't like some of the other mayors, you know, non-human. Except that his name was Harry Balls, which apparently caused controversy after they planned to name a civic building after him. So I hope that was a swimming pool. I mean, do you need a certain pronunciation in a hat? Harry Balls. I mean, I mean it's it's spelt Harry Balls, B-A-A-L-S. I don't know what the accents are like in Fort Wayne. Maybe it sounded more like Harry. I'm not going to attempt it, but no. yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that's where we were going with <laughs> Where this. we were going, yeah. yeah. In 1967 in Ecuador, apparently, in a town called Picoaza or Picoza, I can't really pronounce Spanish, um, a foot powder was elected mayor. After running on the slogan, vote for any candidate, but if you want well-being and hygiene, vote for Pulverpees. So this is just a brand of foot powder that was elected mayor of a small town in Ecuador. What, what were the foot powder's policies? I don't really know. I guess well-being and hygiene <laughs> through the medium of buying foot powder. I'm just kind of interested to know the, sort of, you know, the local tax policies from the foot powder. Like... Well, I read this thing that said that um, they tried to ban other brands of foot powder, but I can't tell if that was a joke or, like, did they just put a tub in the mayor's seat? If, if a foot powder has ever been your mayor or any hygiene product, really, please write in. In 2008, the mayor of a village in southwest France tried to pass a decree about people dying. So the cemetery became very overcrowded and he basically said all persons not having a plot in the cemetery and wishing to be buried in this district are forbidden from dying in the parish. He banned death. He banned death, which I think is kind of cool. So, I mean, did that work? It did not work and he was really upset that the policy hadn't worked. Did did he come forward with any theories as to why it hadn't worked? No, he just expressed his sorrow and regret. (laughs) So hang on, how is it meant to work? Like, if you're feeling a bit peaky, you have to get leave out, the village. Get out, just trying like to go die somewhere. Cross, cross the village boundary and lie down, basically. Maybe it's like how it works in the Houses of Parliament. So do you know about this? Nobody's allowed to die in the Palace of Westminster. So if you're on your last legs, they will wait. They will kind of send the ambulance to the Palace of Westminster and declare you once you're on Westminster Bridge. So if they left the corpse within the Palace of Westminster, would you live forever? Like, um... I guess you'd have to. I don't know. You know that North Korea is the only state in the world where the head of state is dead? Huh, I did not know that. It's still Kim Il-sun, who is the cool. grandfather of, of the current leader. Is, is you know, It's not even like head of state for life, it's head, <laughs> head of state for afterlife. You should, um, you should ring the whip's office and ask which of their MPs are actually corpses. But anyway, I found this really interesting that he banned people from dying. And then I went down a kind of um, rabbit hole of weird laws. So... In Ebola, just south of Naples, kissing in a moving vehicle can carry a fine of up to £415. Now, I want to know when that was instituted and why. I mean, I can see the point if it includes the driver. I mean, you don't want someone snogging when they're meant to be concentrating on the road ahead. But if it's like, if, if you're passengers, it's a bit rude, I suppose, if like, you know, there's three of you in the car and two of you are making out in the back seat, um, you know. See, that's what I want it to be. I want it to be a really angry third wheel. 
No pun intended. <laughs> sort of goes, I'm so sick of you two. Yeah. I'm going to outlaw this. Do you think the person who, who, who passed that law had just been for a bad breakup or something? <laughs> no one is allowed to kiss in cars anymore. But it's not as good as in Birmingham, Alabama. Apparently, you can be fined for disorderly conduct for having sex, and I quote, on the steps of any church after the sun goes down. And I love this idea that if you do it in daylight, you know, at least you're sharing the joy. That's fine. <laughs> It's, uh, sorry, I just need to correct your pronunciation there. It's actually West Midlands, Alabama. (laughs) Um, Yeah, another one that I really love is since 1984, residents of Sparta, Spades, Indiana, have been banned from shooting open tins and cans with a revolver. And that's another one where I just really want to know what caused that to be banned. Yeah, you kind of want to know the story, don't you? Yeah. Maybe we'll do the stories behind these in a future episode, so you know, stay tuned. Yeah, no, um, subscribe now to hear why you're not allowed to shoot a tin can in um, this part of Alabama. But I've also brought along a present for you, John, because the quiz went down so well in last week's episode, which you should go download after this. Yeah, it's called Christmas Special, but it's not. I mean, it's a bit Christmassy, but it's not like one of those things where like, it would be really depressing to listen to it in January. You should, you should still listen to it, is what I'm saying. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's a really cool city metric quiz, including a line uh, roundabout burning goats. That bit was Christmassy, because obviously burning goats is, is a Christmas-specific tradition. <laughs> we'll have no burning goats at this time of year. Anyway, what's the present? Well, I've brought you a January present, and like all things we do in January, it's to do with regulation and stricture and making people's lives more miserable. It is the Transport for London Railway Bylaws. Bylaws? Bylaws. Okay. So these are... Things that under the Greater London Authority Act 1999, you are either compelled or not allowed to do on the tube. And I thought you would enjoy these because I know that you like tubes and also rules. I am a big... I, I, I like to know what the rules are so that I can, I can break them. I don't play by the rules. I move to the beat of my own drum. But God damn it, do I get the job done. <laughs> um, I'm just going to stop talking. Yeah, tell, me some, the... tell me some bylaws. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you that the first one, under the first section, conduct and behaviour, point one is queuing. Um, the are most, they pro or anti? They are very pro-queuing. They, they're the most stereotypically Good. English thing you will have ever heard. So you can be forced to queue on the tube, basically. So the operator or an authorised person may require any person to queue in order to regulate order or safety on or near the railway. 
Any person directed by a notice to queue or asked to queue by an authorised person shall join the rear of the queue and obey the reasonable instructions of any authorised person regulating the queue. I've made the word queue sound weird. I've said it too many times. What I like about that one is it doesn't say, like, you know, if you want a ticket or to get onto a train or anything. It's just any situation you may be required to queue. Isn't it beautiful? Get in that queue. Isn't it brilliant? Do you want to know some things you're not allowed to take on the underground? What am I not allowed to take on the underground? A loaded weapon of any kind, any flammable explosive or corrosive substance, and any item which is or may become dangerous. That's anything. Is it? I mean, could the tube map ever be dangerous? You could get a paper cut. Okay, that is that is a possibility. <laughs> Have you got any good ones? I've, I've given you some of the power there. Yeah, I've not I've I've not read them, so I've I've, I've been try- trying to find them while we've been doing this. Um, I do like um, Bylaw Ten Point Four, which is uh, no person shall open a train door or enter or leave any train while it is in motion or between stations. So it is technically against the rules to get off the train when it's moving. I think that's a good rule. I think that's a good rule. I, it's like, I mean, I, I kind of, again, I kind of want to know what what the situation was that <laughs> made them think they needed that rule. But it's I mean, also, like, if you, if you disobey that rule... You just die. I mean, that's very self-enforcing. Yeah, it's like, why do you need a rule? It's like, I mean, how you're, you're done, right? You're done. Yeah, yeah. When I was a child, the police came around to teach us about train safety, and they showed us a video where they were like, you shouldn't walk between train carriages. You know, some train carriages have got the little doors at the end, or cars, as we must talk say when we're talking about the tube and you can technically walk between them as the train is moving and they showed us this grotesque thing where they crushed a watermelon between two carriages to represent your head to dissuade you from doing it so do not stick your head between two cars when the train is moving yeah no i know i'm really glad they produced that video yeah um, there's one banning busking, which I actually think is a bit of a shame. You're not allowed to tout for money. You're not allowed to do any unauthorised gambling. You're not allowed to play with the escalators. These guys don't want anyone to have any fun. No. Oh, it is actually in the bylaws that people shall keep to the right of escalators when not walking up, down or along them. Okay. I didn't know that was a bylaw. I thought that was just a convention. I'm going to laminate this and take it in my pocket because there is nothing on god's green earth that annoys me more than when people stand in the walking bit of the escalator i have learned to say stand on the right in so many languages (laughs) (laughs) there was a weird moment actually after like christmas london empties out just i think like a lot of big cities like so many people go home to their families like elsewhere in britain or elsewhere in the world even so there was a period between christmas and new year where Basically, it was only non-Londoners in the West End. It was like tourists, and none of them knew the rules. So everyone's like walking slowly and standing on the wrong side, and suddenly it took like twice as long to get anywhere. It is a moment at which I realise... We need to take back control, bring down the We do, I know. Well, this is the thing. I apparently do have a real inner fascist, but a fascist who operates only among whether or not you can obey what I consider the rules of moving in cities. I, I, I had this actually outside Westminster a few weeks ago. We were changing from a bus to... Um, what were we doing around Westminster? Probably some kind of nerdy politics thing. And um, there were two people walking next to each other very slowly, down the steps outside Westminster, one of the biggest tourist attractions in the country, on their phones. And I wanted to shake them and go, do you not realise it is 4pm in central London? What is wrong with you? And that's when I realised I should have voted Brexit. We'll see you next week. 
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com